the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. This program was originally broadcast live on 93.9 KPDQ. We hope you enjoy the show. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the Georgine Rice Show. Glad to have you with us today as we find our way through some of the day's headlines and we talk about what's uh, been going on this summer. It's PDX Together 2023. That's coming up on today's program. First, a look at some of the headlines. Former President Donald Trump has demanded that the trial into his alleged mishandling of classified documents be postponed until after the 2024 election in order to avoid biasing a jury that may otherwise be motivated by political concerns. Proceedings to trial during the pendency of a presidential election cycle wherein opposing candidates are effectively, if not literally, directly adverse to one another in this action will create extraordinary challenges in the jury selection process and limit the defendant's ability to secure a fair and impartial adjudication. That's a quote from Trump's lawyers writing in a court filing published Monday night. Here, there is simply no question any trial of this action during the pendency of a presidential election will impact both the outcome of that election and, importantly, the ability of the defendants to obtain a fair trial. Christopher Keiss and Todd Blanche, the former president's attorneys, wrote, well, U.S. District Court Judge Aileen Cannon, who's presiding over the case, is also contemplating special counsel Jack Smith's demand for a trial date of December 2023. In mid-June, the former president pled not guilty in a Miami federal court to all 37 felony counts concerning his alleged mishandling of classified documents. We most certainly enter a plea of not guilty, Blanche said in the court at that time. Well, among the charges the former president faces, including willful retention of national defense information, conspiracy to obstruct justice, withholding a document or record, Uh, corruptly concealing a document or record, concealing a document in a federal investigation, uh, scheme to conceal and making false statements and representations. Uh, The federal indictment argues that the former president willfully possessed secret and highly confidential documents that had not been declassified, despite the former president's claims that he himself had done so. Uh, Trump allegedly held dozens of boxes of such documents at his Florida residence of Mar-a-Lago, including sensitive material pertaining to the defense and weapons capabilities of both the U.S. and foreign countries, U.S. nuclear programs, potential vulnerabilities of the U.S. and its allies, and plans for a possible retaliation in case of a foreign attack. Well, in late June, Judge Cannon set a preliminary date for the trial to begin on August 14th of this year with a notice that any pretrial motions from all parties be submitted by July 24th. Well, last Thursday, the former president's aide, a co-defendant in the case, also represented by Trump's legal team, pled not guilty to several counts of mishandling classified materials and conspiracy to obstruct justice. Well, on Wednesday, federal judge Bruce Reinhart unsealed sections of the affidavit the FBI submitted in 2022, to obtain a search warrant of Mar-a-Lago, surveillance footage um, reportedly showed Nada, the, again the co-defendant, moving several boxes from a storage room days before the prosecutors arrived to search the premises. 
The current location of the box is removed from the storage room, but not returned to its uh, to it is unknown. The affidavit noted. I have just learned that the thugs and that's in quote from the Department of Injustice will be indicting a wonderful man, Walt Nada, the member of the U.S. Navy, who served proudly with me in the White House, retired as senior chief and then transitioned into private life as a personal aide. He has done a fantastic job. Uh, former President Trump wrote on Truth Social, his social media platform in early June, following the news of his indictment. They're trying to destroy his life like the lives of so many others, hoping they will say bad things about me. He uh, said of his former aide, he is strong, brave and a great patriot. The FBI and Department of Justice are corrupt. So the president or rather the former president has requested that uh, any trial date will be postponed until after the 2024 election. We'll see how that goes. In other news, uh, President uh, Biden says NATO membership for Ukraine is off the table while the war rages and Volodymyr Zelensky makes a last minute bid, a very controversial decision, U.S. and Germany. Uh, House Republicans have introduced a bill aimed at securing election integrity across the country while also issuing a stark warning to Americans to watch out for possible deception surrounding the legislation. Five Republican members of the Committee on House Administration held a press conference at the famous Marietta Diner near Atlanta on Monday to officially roll out the American Confidence in Elections, or ACE Act, something they say will give states the tools they need to not only protect the integrity of their elections, but also restore voter confidence in the elections process. The bill includes a photo ID requirement to cast a federal election ballot, bars non-citizens from voting, requires annual maintenance of voter rolls, and prevents the mailing of unsolicited ballots to roles that have not been maintained. According to a committee chairman representative, Byron Steele of Wisconsin, the ACE Act will make it easy to vote and hard to cheat and will give states access to federal resources to ensure they can do things as simple as as, uh, as remove voters from voter rolls upon their death. A fugitive who claimed to have provided the FBI with information on the Biden family business dealings in China is facing decades behind bars for alleged arms trafficking and other charges involving Iran. Gal Luft, a 57-year-old dual U.S. Israeli citizen, is charged with acting as an unregistered agent of China and seeking to broker the sale of Iranian oil in violation of sanctions. Federal prosecutors in Manhattan said on Monday the indictment handed down by a grand jury in 2022 and unsealed on Monday also accuses Luft of recruiting and paying a former high ranking U.S. government official on behalf of principles based in China in 2016 without registering as a foreign agent as required by law. Prosecutors didn't identify the former official, but said he was working as an advisor to then president elect Donald Trump at the time. Luft is accused of pushing the advisor to support policies favorable to China, including by drafting comments in the advisor's name published in a Chinese newspaper. Luft was arrested in February in Cyprus on U.S. charges, but fled after being released on bail while awaiting extradition. He's not currently in U.S. custody. The indictment comes days after The New York Times published a 14-minute video of Luft recorded at an unknown location in which he claimed he was arrested in Cyprus to stop him from testifying to the House Oversight Committee that the Biden family had allegedly been bribed from a source with ties to the Chinese military. Oh, Lord, help us. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in just a few moments. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. 
is aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Coming up in our next segment, a conversation with Pastor Christopher Kaufman. He's the missions pastor at River West Church and the leader of the Serve PDX team. We're going to be talking about Together PDX 2023, offering some perspective from a local pastor who cares about this community and excited to see what kind of impact Together 2023 is going to have in the Portland metro area. That's coming up for our our next uh, segment or two. So uh, stick with us. Also, uh, later in the program, a final invitation to the uh, Pastors Masters Golf Tournament that's coming up on Monday the 17th at the beautiful Langdon Farms Golf Club in Aurora, just south of Wilsonville. 18-hole golf scramble starts at um, uh, 8 8 a.m. with a delicious light breakfast presented by Plenty of Food and Deli. Uh, European cuisine in Happy Valley, followed by a delicious buffet lunch. And there will be prizes. So register now for an amazing $25, 18 holes. Space is limited. So let me encourage you to register today. And by the way, I believe the cutoff is on the 16th. So that's approaching with the tournament coming up on Monday. All right, returning to some of the day's headlines, a group of 21 House conservatives warned House Speaker Kevin McCarthy on Monday that they wouldn't be voting for appropriations bills this year unless they reflect a real effort to trim excess federal spending, a threat that will likely complicate GOP efforts to fund the government. The warning shot signals another looming fight for McCarthy, the Speaker, uh, that he may have to um, have in public with the right flank of his party. Dozens of conservatives voted against the spending deal McCarthy reached with the president earlier this year, which only promised modest cuts to federal outlays that uh, fell short of a GOP-backed bill that passed the House. In a letter sent on Monday, they said that deal won't be uh, good enough to win their support when spending bills come up for a vote this year. That's a significant problem for McCarthy, who can only afford to lose a handful of GOP votes if he wants to pass legislation without the help of the opposing party. We cannot support appropriations bills that will produce a top-line discretionary spending level barely below the floated fiscal year 23 level and effectively in line with the cap set by the debt ceiling deal that we opposed and was supported by more Democrats than Republicans, end quote, the conservative members wrote in their letter. Instead, we expect all appropriations measures to be in line with the enacted fiscal year 2022 top-line level of $1.471 trillion, they wrote. They also said they would not support the idea of using rescinded unspent COVID-19 funding to exceed fiscal year 2022 levels. Well, Kentucky Republican Senator Rand Paul plans to introduce a bill to protect Americans from the administration violating their First Amendment rights. Fox News Digital uh, learned that Paul is expected to um, propose the Free Speech Protection Act today, which would impose harsh penalties on federal employees and contractors who leverage their positions to attack free speech protected under the First Amendment. The bill would empower American citizens to sue the government and the executive branch officials who violate the First Amendment of the Constitution, according to Uh, Senator Paul's office under my free speech protection act, the government will no longer be able to cloak itself in secrecy to undermine the First Amendment rights of Americans. Uh, He said Paul's office said the free speech protection act would mandate the frequent publication of and public access to reports on communications between an executive branch agency and a content provider. 
or rather content provider. It bars agencies from using Freedom of Information Act uh, exemptions to stop the disclosure of illegal communications. Paul's bill also makes sure federal grant money does not go to entitled to entities rather that seek to label media outlets as sources of disinformation or misinformation and ends several authorities and programs that the senator's office say uh, says rather threaten Americans constitutional rights. Meanwhile, the New York Times has announced it will be closing its internal sports department and will instead cover teams and games through the athletic a subscription-based sports website acquired by the company last year. The shuttering of the sports newsroom, comprised of more than 35 journalists, comes 18 months after the Times bought The Athletic, which boasts 400 journalists for $550 million. Artificial intelligence working to help protect national security is here to stay, and the U.S. Air Force is already showcasing how AI can dominate airspace. We need to recognize that AI is here. It's a powerful tool. Air Force Colonel Tucker Cinco Hamilton said in a video published by the Air Force Research Laboratory. The AFRL, which is headquartered in Ohio, detailed plans this month on how autonomous drones will act like wingmen to pilots in the future. AFRL's Office of Strategic Development, Planning and Experimentation is carrying out an operational experiment to determine the scale of the work ahead to train AI to operate aircraft, according to the Air Force. Two anti-woke rap songs recently bumped Taylor Swift and a popular K-pop singer from the number one spot on Billboard and iTunes for singer Jimmy Levy. He believes their surprising success reveals patriots have more influence than the cultural gatekeepers would have you believe. That shows that we're the majority no matter what the mainstream in Hollywood and the industry wants to promote whatever agenda they want to promote and try to make us look like we're in the minority, people of God, patriots, Americans. It's just not the truth, and no matter what, God prevails, end quote. Speaking to Fox News Digital, the gospel artist's Boycott Target song with MAGA rapper, uh, I don't even know these people, Forigato Blow took number one on the iTunes sales chart when it dropped at the end of May. Listen to me, when it dropped, like I know what I'm talking about. When it dropped in uh, in May, uh, took number one spot. Bumping Taylor Swift about a month later, his Christian hip-hop song with Reclaim the Rainbow by Bryson Gray and Shamika Mitchell uh, reached the top spot on Billboard's rap digital song sales chart, knocking K-pop singer Jimin and the Bang BTS from uh, that top position. I have no idea who these people are. Anyway, well, the House Judiciary Committee revealed the FBI is working to censor Americans on social media The FBI pressured social media companies to crack down on the spread of so-called Russian disinformation on behalf of the Ukrainian Security Service, according to a report from the House uh, the House Weaponization Panel. But evidence suggests that the Russians had infiltrated the group and used the censorship pipeline to suppress anti-Putin and pro-Ukrainian materials. The House Judiciary Committee based on a said that based on a subset of, of subpoenaed documents, the report details how the Federal Bureau of Investigation colluded with the Security Service of Ukraine, an agency widely known to be infiltrated by Russian aligned forces, but re, by routinely sending social media platforms, spreadsheets and other documents containing thousands of accounts to take down. In so doing, the FBI and SBU flagged authentic American accounts for removal, including a verified U.S. State Department account and those belonging to American journalists. 
The report also exposes how the FBI offered Facebook and Instagram legal cover to remove the SBU's flagged accounts. The new information highlights the FBI's unconstitutional role in enabling the SBU's censorship regime and raises grave concerns about the FBI's credibility, reliability and competence as the nation's premier law enforcement organization. Well, a bill uh, Clinton appointed judge moved to uh, put boys and girls in the girls bathroom. A judge appointed by um, President Bill Clinton, which should be irrelevant if you're a judge who is impartial, blocked a Wisconsin school district Thursday from enforcing a policy that keeps boys from using the girls bathroom. U.S. District Judge Lynn Adelman granted a temporary restraining order against the area school district blocking the district from implementing a policy adopted last month that requires students to use bathrooms and locker rooms on the basis of their biological sex rather than their gender identity, according to the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. The decision is in response to a lawsuit by a mother and her anonymous 11-year-old son who identifies as a girl, which alleged that the policy was causing emotional and mental harm to the student. Meanwhile, it's more popular than ever for youth to adopt new gender identities. An estimated 300,000 minors aged 13 to 17 identified as transgender as of last year. Whether or not that number will remain, according to an NIH study, um, seems highly uh, unlikely. An overwhelming number of Americans side with the Supreme Court on affirmative action. When the uh, Supreme Court ruled 6-3 that the Constitution prohibits race-based affirmative action in college admissions, Many uh, in Congress attacked the legitimacy of the court because of that decision. Americans, however, support the decision by slightly more than a two to one margin. Fifty nine percent approve while 27 percent disapprove. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Coming up, a conversation with Christopher Kaufman, who is a missions pastor at River West Church and the leader of Serve PDX team. We'll talk about Together PDX 2023 that's been going on throughout this summer, culminating in a wonderful worship event on the waterfront. So we're looking forward to that. So that conversation is coming up. Also, a pitch from Mike Lee and uh, General Manager Dennis Hayes on the Pastors Masters Golf event. That's coming up on Monday the 17th. We would love for you to be a part of it. If you are a ministry leader or a pastor uh, in um leadership in the church. We just want to bless you. The cost is $25 for 18 holes. It includes a light breakfast and a sumptuous lunch. You can find all the important details at kpdq.com. And again, the deadline to register is fast approaching. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Now, as you probably know, this summer, the church has linked arms, lifted Jesus high, and has just been the church. Churches all around the Portland area and Vancouver are coming together in service and prayer, culminating in a worship gathering on the waterfront on Sunday, July the 23rd from 4 to 6. Now, I hope you've marked your calendars. You don't want to miss that. I'm talking about Together PDX. It exists to see our community flourish by uniting, connecting, strengthening, and serving local churches and uh, here to talk more about this uh, effort that is a, a, a glimpse of what's going on year round here in the Portland metro area is Christopher Kaufman. He's missions pastor at River West Church and the leader of the Serve PDX team. Again, uh, joining us to talk about Together PDX 2023. Thank you so much for joining us today. Georgine, I'm grateful to, to be on today and to, to join you as well and, and to talk about 
this uh, this effort as as churches are coming together in our city. You know, it's it's so interesting to me that the church is in fact the church, and and different denominations, different um, multi ethnic churches are all coming together for one purpose, and it's really expressing itself in three ways. Can you kind of explain together PDX and um, how this summer the church is expressing itself out into um, our community? Yeah, really. Over the last about uh, 15 years or or more, there's actually been a, a work in our city where churches have been um, united in prayer, in service, in worship, and evangelism, really just seeking ways to step outside of the walls of our, our own churches and to be a united, loving witness. Um, realizing that, you know, by coming together and being being really the answer to Jesus' prayer in John chapter 17, where it went, his final prayer for us as his followers, that we might be one as the Father and the Son and the Spirit, this united, loving community, we might demonstrate that same love to to our city. This movement has been been going on, and we believe that this is actually going to be a defining moment coming out of a season where there's been so much division, there's been so much isolation, so mm-hmm. much pain, so much need in our city. We, we just believe that this is one of those moments where we're, we're trusting the Lord to pour out His Holy Spirit and to once again do what we've seen the Lord do in our city, bring the church together to be the church in this moment where there is still so much hurt and so much despair, we believe that something really unique and powerful is going to happen as we follow Jesus' prayer to, to be one and to demonstrate that in prayer and worship, but also acts of, of service uh, for, for just the, the growing needs in our community, especially among, among folks who are houseless right now living on the streets. Yeah. Well, every Sunday since April, people have been gathering in Old Town to pray and worship. Uh, and this Sunday, in fact, the uh, the 16th of July is the last chance for that that gathering. Doors open at six and uh, it continues through uh, 930 with prayer and, and worship. Uh, this has been a, a movement in our city and it may come as a surprise to some. Uh, but this is a reflection of the body of Christ from all over the metro area, even over across the river into Vancouver, where people are coming together to pray and expecting that God is going to do something significant right here in our community, despite our reputation as being the least church-affiliated part of the country. That That is so true. You know, in our, in our city, uh, you know, Portland is in really defined by its bridges. And we, we actually believe in a time where, where in our culture there's many, many walls that, that God wants us to, to actually be, be pe- people that are seeking ways to create bridges through, through uniting and, and prayer. And, and we've actually seen, as, as people have come together, I think all of us can feel overwhelmed and we can feel very, very mm-hmm. isolated when we're on our own. And so every single time that as a pastor, I've, I've shown up and participated, and our people have. You walk away encouraged, and I think it changes your your perspective and kind of shifts us out of what can feel very, very overwhelming and at times even hopeless. I think when we see God at work and all of the good work that is going on 
right now in our city, I can tell you personally, it has really sustained me and been one of the things that has kept me going as a pastor and a leader in the last few years that have been filled uh, with many, many challenging moments. I'm reminded, uh, you mentioned John 17 a moment ago. I'm reminded of John 13. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. We sometimes, I think, underestimate the value that God has placed on how we relate to and love one another as a witness in and of itself. And then when we take demonstrate that love and take it out into our city, it has a significant impact. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and we've seen story after stories of when churches come together around issues uh, like foster care or refugee mm-hmm. resettlement. And now with the work that, that's being done uh, through Together PDX, we've been able to, to bring together over, over the summer, uh, you know, a, a few dozen nonprofits that are understaffed, had to lay many, many of their workers who are in the trenches reaching out to to folks that are houseless right now, living on the streets of our city and tents and camps, to unite organizations with churches and to really stand in the gaps of these places and to say, hey, we're still people that are called to show up in hard places, to encourage your teams, uh, to to help you not grow weary in doing good. Mm. Um, I think when we're on our own, it's so easy, isn't it, to grow weary in doing good? Because we feel like on our own, the good that we do, uh, that it's not enough. But the truth is, I believe that that promise, like in, in Galatians, it's not just to individuals. That's to the capital C church. That promise, do not grow weary in doing good, for in due season you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. The truth is, we haven't given up. The church is still the church, and God is on the move. And I think by participating together in these moments where collectively we come together and we unite, I think we're reminded that we're on the brink of a great harvest work that the Lord is going to do in our community. I think the enemy likes nothing more than to isolate us, because there's nothing more discouraging than just being isolated and unaware that God is moving among his people as they come together uh, in his name for the sake of the gospel. But when we are isolated and alone, we're unaware of, of what God is doing. So this is such a tremendous call for all of us, regardless of our church background, to come together with other believers uh, to to fulfill the Great Commission, to carry out the dictates of the gospel, but also to be encouraged by fellowship one with another and to demonstrate by our love for each other that we are, in fact, his disciples. Amen. I, I really couldn't agree with you more, Georgine. I know that there has been a, a strong effort, as I mentioned, for prayer, that people have come together on a regular basis beginning in April for prayer. But there's also been um, prayer walks through neighborhoods where individuals and families have taken territory to just walk and pray for their neighbors, uh, for the businesses that are on those streets, that God would move in our uh, particular localities. Can you t- talk a little bit about that aspect of uh, this summer, Together PDX? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my good friend, Rene Boucher, and our, our prayer PDX team, um, they, they have, uh, you know, been mobilizing folks to, to actually take prayer walks and been training people mm-hmm. how to, to actually pray specifically for the needs of their community. And I think when people are guided, you know, into something like a prayer walk without having a sense of the tangible needs, 
of the community, it's difficult to engage with your heart and to really know where to start. And so if people are interested in finding out more about these prayer walk resources, and, and as you mentioned, even this Sunday night, there's a prayer room that's open uh, downtown. We're actually needing some volunteers right now to, to show up and, and to help out. You can go to togetherpdx.org and you can find many resources. Regardless of who you are, this is not a closed group. This is an open table, an open invitation to anyone um, that is following Jesus and wants to see the Holy Spirit just work in our community. We're talking this afternoon with Christopher Kaufman. He is a missions pastor at River West Church and the leader of the Sir PDX team. We're talking about Together PDX, which has really been a summer long uh, gathering that is a reflection of what's been going on here in the Portland metro area now for many years. It will culminate in a worship event. We'll tell you more about that. But I do want to encourage you to go to TogetherPDX.org for all the important details, dates, resources, and so on. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. We'll be back in a few moments. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. Is aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show, continuing a conversation with Christopher Kaufman, missions pastor at River West Church and the leader of the Serve PDX team on Together PDX 2023. Uh, he joins us to bring the perspective of a local pastor who cares about this community and is excited about the potential impact Together 2023 uh, will have on um, on our community. So delighted that we have an opportunity to partner together. But before the break, we talked a bit about uh, Pray uh, PDX. Let's talk about Serve PDX. You're overseeing that uh, yeah. that team. Um, this is a very practical, hands-on project that's also been going on throughout the summer. Explain. Yeah, you know, the vision of, of Serve PDX, when the church can come together and, and actually concentrate our efforts and our compassion and our community, I think over the last 15 years, we have seen the collective impact of the church being the church and uniting our efforts and finding in moments where where these issues that are far too complex, far too overwhelming for any one organization, one nonprofit, one church to really make a dent in ranging from foster care to refugee resettlement to anti-trafficking efforts. Over the past few years, I think we've all seen as we 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 have witnessed so many folks living on the streets of our city and and just the state of emergency uh, in our own community around houselessness. We really felt that right now one of the most tangible things that we could do is come alongside nonprofits that are doing good work and shoring them up with volunteers, with resources. So over the past few weeks, uh, of over 35 local churches have united together in collecting resource kits that are are provided to folks that are participating in programs, but also folks who are on the streets and outreach teams that are passing out these items and helping creating all of these tangible ways that people can transition off the streets into programs that desperately need our support right now in Portland. You know, it's such wisdom that uh, this effort has has centered on the ministries who are doing the work on a regular basis. And when this summer has gone, they will continue to do that work. Uh, I think for many of us, it's one thing to read the statistics, to see the headlines and the, understand the nature of the problem, but to be constructive and gracious in our response to help 
um, buoy up these organizations that are ministering in our city is such a, a tremendous opportunity for us. And I think it helps us to recognize, you know, we can really make a difference when we together uh, decide we're going to support um, those in need in our community and those who serve them. Now, for folks who are interested in Serve PDX, what's the best way to connect? My guess is that this summer there's an emphasis on uh, ministries that uh, and nonprofits that minister to the houseless. But beyond that, how can folks stay connected? Yeah, at TogetherPDX.org, our, our Serve PDX team really exists to help serve local churches and, and nonprofits and and our our hope is is we all just sit around the same table. We all care deeply about our community. A lot of what we're doing is we're creating environments where where churches that are often um, disconnected, isolated, nonprofits that often lack a referral system in our city, we we will bring leaders together uh, from local churches, both pastors and ministry leaders. As well, you don't need a role in the church to actually be the hands and feet of Jesus. Um, anyone that has a heart and a desire to serve can participate in this ongoing movement. And there's many, many lunches and and uh, and events that we do to try and and just create relational connections, bring people together that that care, and then to really just create simple strategies, Georgine, where we try to really amplify our our efforts. Um, to to actually take care of some of these needs that organizations and nonprofits have in our city. I know so many of us want desperately to make a difference, and uh, Serve PDX helps us know how do how do we partner with others? How can we be constructive to extend the love of Christ into communities that desperately need it? And this is is one way to do that. And I'm so grateful. One other thing I'll just mention briefly is share PDX that helps keep yeah. evangelism as the, the central focus of all of these efforts. And there are great resources there. There is the, um, uh, uh, the Portland evangelism report that I think will help people understand what is the nature of evangelism in the city mm-hmm. of Portland? How are we doing? So yeah. again, together PDX.org is a great resource for all things, uh, Portland Metro Vancouver area stuff. <laughs> Yeah, couldn't agree more. And Regine, whatever is a win for the gospel and helps the hope of Jesus spread in our city, that is really the heartbeat behind Together PDX. So if there's any listeners that are just stirred and want to be a part of this, this is an open invitation. We need your heart. We need your church. We need your community to engage and to be a part of this moment where we're going to come together and believe God to do a great thing, a great healing work in our city. Now, all of the uh, effort this summer culminates in a great worship event that's coming up on the 23rd of July. And believe it or not, that's just a little over a week away, 4 o'clock p.m. at Portland Waterfront, uh, giving us an opportunity to come together and worship. And uh, this is going to be a great celebration. There are going to be food trucks and all kinds of things there to help bring us together uh, in this worship. Tell our listeners a little bit about what to expect. I know uh, Matt Redman will be there. Local worship yeah. leaders will be participating. Tell us a, a bit about it. Yes, my good friend uh, Mike Dean from from Amago Day Community Eastside. Mike has put together an incredible band of local local artists. So so it's going to be a really powerful, rich time of of worship and prayer. We're going to celebrate a lot of the good things collectively that we've seen God do. And uh, I heard that there's some incredible food trucks too. So this is a family friendly. 
uh, event. It's going to be an opportunity for many of us that haven't spent a lot of time downtown on the waterfront to really reclaim the, uh, this moment right now and to show up and extend hope. And I know that the Lord is going to pour out his spirit and work in a powerful way, Georgine. Yeah, the whole point is he is the focus that's before an audience of one and the body of Christ comes together, worship leaders from a variety of churches leading us in worship and just acknowledging uh, in whom we put our trust. And what a great opportunity for us to come together and just uh, just lift him up. That's got to be a tremendous witness to the city as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this has been a, an amazing summer, and for listeners who perhaps are just learning about this for the first time, there's still time to participate in what has been uh, a season of, of great service and prayer and worship. Uh, again, I would encourage everyone to go to TogetherPDX.org. If your church is not involved, you might want to speak with uh, someone there and find out, Are we, do we have a contingent that's going, and you might want to bring some, some folks yourself. Uh, check out the website, because while this summer will eventually come to a close, um, the work of uh, Together PDX will continue in its various iterations as there are opportunities for the body of Christ uh, to come together, the local churches uh, partnering together for the sake of the gospel, to extend the love of Jesus into our city. I, I really want to thank you, Christopher, for the leadership that she, you are playing and others who are committed to uh, looking at the city of Portland, not with despair, but with great hope and with a commitment to see God work in, in significant ways. I know I'm encouraged um, by this effort and by your commitment. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely, Georgine. Thank, and thank you. Um, and to all the listeners, I think collectively, you know, this has been a hard season. So that promise in Galatians, uh, do not grow weary. Yes. Don't grow weary. God is at hand. He is at work. And we're believing we're on the cusp, actually, of the Lord pouring out His Spirit and doing a great harvest work if we don't give up. That's right. Well, again, Christopher, thank you so much for talking with us today. And we look forward to celebrating on uh, Sunday, July the 23rd. Is that Sunday? Did I get that right? The day? Anyway, Sunday, Sunday, July 23rd, four o'clock at the Portland waterfront. Thanks so much. All right. God bless. All right. Christopher Kaufman, again, missions pastor at River West Church and the leader of the Serve PDX team and one of the uh, many functional arms of Together PDX 2023. Hope you'll plug into some aspect of what's going on. As we mentioned earlier, the last opportunity to gather for corporate prayer is this Sunday, July the 16th. I say last opportunity for this summer effort, but there are certainly uh, times and opportunities moving forward. But if you'd like to join this effort, the doors will open at uh, Old Town uh, for prayer and worship. The doors open at six with communal worship between 730 and 930. Um, uh, also, a prayer room open this week focused on racial reconciliation. Uh, uh, prayer PDX team and civil righteousness will be uh, overseeing all of that uh, this Thursday being the last uh, gathering time. Uh, to come and mark your calendars for the 23rd, which is a Sunday. We've confirmed that at four o'clock p.m. at Portland's waterfront for worship together. Uh, PDX. Hey, you're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. We're going to continue our march through some of the day's headlines and perhaps having a bit brighter perspective, keeping in mind that God is at work. He's always doing more than we imagine and certainly more than we're aware of. 
But uh, his his word says that we can trust that he is at work. So we're going to take a quick break for news and traffic here at the top of the hour, and we will return. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. Coming up later this hour, Mike Lee and uh, Dennis Hayes, the GM of Salem Media uh, organization is going to talk about the Pastors Masters Golf Tournament that's coming up this Monday, the 17th of July. And if you love golf, we'd like to invite you to join us for the KPDQ Pastors Masters Golf Event presented by Adventist Health Portland. The event is for pastors, ministry leaders, anyone who works hard at your church. At, uh, again, it's Monday the 17th at the beautiful Langdon Farms Golf Club in Aurora. That's just south of Wilsonville. 18 holes of golf. It's a scramble. Starts at about uh, 8 a.m. Let me make sure that's right. Is it 8 or 7.45? It begins at tee off at 7.45 with a delicious light breakfast presented by Plenty Food in Delhi, European Cuisine in Happy Valley, followed by a delicious buffet lunch. And yes, there will be some prizes. You can register now for an amazing $25. Bring a team. We would love to have you. But there is a deadline you have until the 13th, which is Thursday, 5 p.m. And again, the event itself coming up Monday, the 17th. Go to kpdq.com for all the important details and to register. We look forward to seeing you there. I'll be at one of the uh, one of the holes to say hello. So looking forward to it. Well, again, returning to some of the headlines before uh, hearing from some of our uh, uh, co-workers here at KPDQ about the Pastors Masters Tournament. According to current and former uh, Biden aides, President Biden is prone to shouting expletives at his staff saying that no one is safe. That was something of a surprise to those who uh, were led to believe that he was holding his own staff to a very high standard. And the bankrupt SVB Financial Group has sued the U.S. Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation to recover $1.93 billion that the regulator seized while uh, it took over Silicon Valley Bank in March. The filing in a bankruptcy court on Sunday showed. Well, SVB Financial Group, a parent holding company, filed for bankruptcy back in March, you'll recall, after Silicon Valley Bank became the ward of the FDIC following the $42 billion bank run. Well, the FDIC, in previous court appearances and court papers, argued that it might have... Um, so-called offset rights to claim the parent company's cash to satisfy potential liabilities. Well, SVB Financial said it had yet to learn on um, what grounds the FDIC might assert uh, any such rights. At issue between the two sides is who in the interim gets to possess the cash, leaving one party to submit a claim to the other over what portion it believes must be rightfully handed back. Well, a disgraced doctor who violated hundreds of uh, girls was stabbed multiple times in prison. Larry Nasser, the former USA uh, gymnastics team doctor who assaulted um, hundreds of young women, was stabbed multiple times in a Florida prison on Sunday. An inmate stabbed Nasser twice in the neck, twice in the back, six times in the chest. Nasser was in stable condition and is currently serving decades at the U.S. State Penitentiary, Coleman. In December of 21, U.S. Uh, USA Gymnastics, the USA Olympic and Paralympic Committee and their insurers agreed to fund $380 million settlement with survivors of his abuse. Robert Downey Jr. believes the world should be run by women because men start wars. Well, the celebrity uh, says working on um, Oppenheimer, Christopher Nolan's film about development of the first nuclear weapons, confirmed his belief that the entire planet should be a matriarchy. He continued, it's arguable that we are less safe now than at the height of the Cold War. It's a lot to take in, but I think the great film 
uh, films are meant to humble us to the point where we can have those sorts of dialogues to begin with. I got news for you. Okay, men were responsible largely for creating that bomb, but our sin nature means that we would just express ours a bit differently. So I'm not sure the answer is just changing from one sex to the other. Almost 40 percent of Brown University students are not straight, according to a survey which found the proportion who identify as LGBTQIA plus has tripled since 2010. The poll found that 38 percent of students said they were not straight compared to just 13 percent 13 years ago. The new figure is more than five times the national rate. The survey carried out by student paper, the Brown Daily Herald, also found that to those who identified as LGBTQIA plus, only 22.9 percent of students described themselves as homosexual, down from 46 percent in 2010. There are benefits to declaring oneself other than one's biological sex. Turkey has agreed to admit Sweden to NATO. The alliance's secretary general said on Monday, dropping months of opposition that had roiled Western governments trying to counter Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Wall Street Journal reports that Sweden and Finland have both invested heavily in defense. Sweden also has the largest territory in northern Europe, allowing for transport of troops and equipment to Finland and the Baltic states. Finland shares the continent's longest border with Russia. Both have a long coastline to the strategically important Baltic Sea. The delay in admitting Sweden to NATO has left the Nordic nation vulnerable to Russian sabotage and interference. Russia warned both Sweden and Finland, which joined NATO in April, that there would be consequences if they ditched their decades-long non-aligned security policy and joined the alliance. The U.N. finished so-called Pride Month with a statement asserting that religious discriminate religion discriminates against LGBT people. Victor uh, Madrigal Borlots, the um, United Nations independent expert on sexual orientation and gender identity, capped off Pride Month in June with his annual report to the Human Rights Council. The report addressed the conflicts between religious freedom and the rights of LGBT people to be free from violence and discrimination. Spoiler alert. Religious freedom loses. Well, Madrigal Borlas, of Costa Rican lawyer, has a long record of sacrificing religion on the altar of gender ideology, and the report is no exception. He claims, for instance, that laws influenced by interpretations of religious dogma often deny lesbian, gay, bisexual, and trans and other gender-diverse persons the right to equality, and believes that that right trumps the free expression of one's religion. President Biden's um, Hunter Trouble is continuing, and here we thought all whistleblowers were heroes. Dr. Gal Luft, a 57-year-old Israeli-American who back in 2019 blew the whistle on Hunter Biden, has been indicted by the Justice Department. Luft claimed to have provided the FBI with condemning information about the Biden family's bribery scheme and ties to the Chinese military. Among the charges, the Department of Justice under Biden has raised against Luft is failure to register as a foreign agent, the same violation as Hunter Biden, though, of course, he has not been charged. Delta has banned TikTok while warning of China's data grab. Employees working for Delta Airlines will no longer be permitted to use the popular Chinese-owned social media app TikTok on any devices that connect to company-owned systems. The reason for the ban is everything to do with concern over Beijing's use of the app to suck up globs of data. This should come as no surprise since Chinese President Xi Jinping expressed 
expressly stated his mass data collecting strategy when he took office back in 2013. The vast ocean of data, just like oil resources during an industrialization, contains immense productive power and opportunities, Xi exclaimed. Whoever controls big data technologies will control the resources for development and have the upper hand. End quote. Now, Delta is just the latest American company to act to prevent more of its data from being taken by Chinese social media based espionage efforts. An attempt to make Fauci pay Republicans on the House Energy and Commerce Committee sent a letter to Health and Human Services Secretary Xavier Bacara observing that 13 NIH officials, including the now retired Dr. Anthony Fauci, were not formally appointed to their positions as of December of 21 and therefore should not have been paid. The letter notes that the law requires the Secretary of Health and Human Services to reappoint NIHIC, that's Institute and Center Directors, including those who were serving at the time of the law's enactment when their five-year terms expired in December of 21. The problem is the failure to reappoint the above NIHIC directors jeopardizes the legal validity of more than $25 billion in federal biometric research grants made in 2022 alone. If these NIH officials accepted a federal salary while knowing that they had not been reappointed, then according to Robert Moffat, a former senior official at HHS, they would be required to reimburse the federal government for their salaries and the grants would at least be subject to litigation from competitors in the research community. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, we're back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Coming up in our next segment, Mike Lee, the Director of Local Ministries, and Dennis Hayes, the General Manager on the Pastors Masters Golf Tournament. Time is running out to register, but you still have time. You have until uh, Thursday, 5 o'clock p.m. Go to kpdq.com to register. By the way, the um, golf tournament, July 17th, that's next Monday. Tee off is um, 7, let's see, it's 7.45. Breakfast prior to that and a great lunch following. Register now for an amazing $25. Well, on our GDP melees, India is poised to pass the U.S. Last Thursday, Joe Biden touted his economic agenda. I'm not here to declare victory on the economy. I'm here to say that we have a plan that's turning things around quickly, end quote. Well, taking, uh, talking is one thing, but Americans have been experiencing a much different reality. To wit, a recent forecast from Goldman Sachs Research indicates that if current trends continue, the U.S. economy will fall to third place in the world behind China and India by 2075. This is due to India's expected GDP growth reaching $52.5 trillion by 2075. Now, I'm hoping Jesus comes back before then, but these are just the uh, numbers for now. Over $1 trillion more than the U.S., India is currently the fifth largest economy with a GDP of $3.73 trillion, while the U.S. is number one with a GDP of $26.85 trillion. If Bidenomics continues, the gap will narrow more quickly. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. That's what I say. Well, affirmative action in the workplace, the U.S. Supreme Court's recent ruling against affirmative action in higher education is not limited to schools. Indeed, in coming to their ruling, the justices pointed to the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which bars race-based discrimination for not only schools, but also employment. In short, the ruling is a direct shot across the bow of corporate HR departments that have increasingly embraced critical race theory ideology in both their hiring practices and employee diversity training programs. 
The justices noted that any embrace of race-based standards will invariably result in race-based discrimination. As Valerie Capers Workman, who works for the recruiting firm, a handshake contends there's no more profound impact awaiting HR and recruiting space than this decision, certainly in the last 15 to 20 years. Is 45% of U.S. uh, drinking water contaminated? Well, according to a recent study conducted by the U.S. Geological Survey, nearly half or 45% of Americans' tap water is contaminated with synthetic compounds known as PFAS that may cause cancer and other health issues. These forever chemicals are so widespread that they were found everywhere from large cities, public water systems, to small towns, to even private wells. However, the heaviest concentration of these PFAS in water were found in urban areas of the East Coast, Great Lakes, and Central and Southern California. The source of these chemicals is a diverse number of everyday consumer products, such as nonstick pans, to water-resistant clothing. And while the USGS makes no policy recommendations, research hydrologist and studies uh, lead author Kelly Smalling said the information can be used to evaluate risks of exposure and inform decisions about whether or not you want to treat your water, your drinking water, get it tested, or get more information from your state. It seems Camp Lejeune... Uh, went nationwide. Well, do Americans trust big institutions? Well, the short answer is a resounding no. Since 1979, the Gallup first began uh, conducting its polls of Americans' trust in our nation's major institutions. No year has shown a lower level of confidence than today. Just 26% of Americans trust our nation's major institutions, which represents a 10% point drop from 2020. Perhaps there's a trust shift recognizing the limitations of government and man-made institutions. Americans' faith in the presidency is at 26%, and Congress now sits at just 8%. Hmm. Meanwhile, those institutions that hold the highest trust are small business at 65 and the U.S. military at 60 percent. Law enforcement, public schools and big tech have all hit new lows in public trust. If things don't change, this doesn't bode well for America's future. Most Americans support the Supreme Court decision on affirmative action and President Biden lost his ghost gun case as the ATF ban was found to be unlawful. Supreme Court justices have taken up a major Second Amendment dispute. More on that in the days ahead. The State Department failed to plan well enough for the Afghanistan withdrawal. The report finds, well, duh. A migrant bus from Texas arrived in Los Angeles and U.S. inflation cooled while spending stagnated and the economy loses steam. A record high share of 40-year-olds in the U.S., have never been married, and Israel launched a major offensive in the West Bank. It was the largest military operation in years. The former Russian arms dealer traded for Brittany Griner is running for office. The California Reparations Task Force recommends over $225 billion payout for the war on drugs compensation alone. Ben and Jerry's posted an anti-American message on the 4th of July. It was immediately challenged by Native Americans who suggested Ben and Jerry's corporation rests on stolen land. U.S. manufacturing activity hits record lows in June and French riots have cost $1.1 billion in damages to businesses and travelers are even canceling their vacation plans. Russia has lost nearly half of its combat effectiveness since invading Ukraine, a U.K. defense official says. Germany um, will lift its defense budget to a record 
uh, 51.8 billion euros, so meeting the 2% NATO target. And the U.S. recommends Americans reconsider traveling to China due to arbitrary law enforcement and exit bans. China's intentionally vague new espionage laws is aimed at Western companies. Well, Communist China announced this week new plans to restrict the export of two minerals critical to the production of electric vehicles, solar panels, military hardware, and more. The, the uh, minerals, gallium and um, geranium, the, and dozens of other related metals will be subject to new export regulations that are aimed at punishing the West for restricting China's ability to access advanced semiconductors. China dominates the global market as a leading producer for both the minerals and advantage that they gained by suppressing the price. According to Christopher Ecclestone, principal at the natural resource research firm Halgarten and Company, when they stop suppressing the price, it suddenly becomes more viable to extract these metals in the West. Then China again has an own goal He went on to say for the short while they get a higher price, but then China's market dominance gets lost. The same thing has happened before in other things like antimony, tungsten and rare earths. He added, well, gallium is the soft metal that is used in aerospace applications, consumer goods, industrial equipment, military equipment, medical equipment and telecommunications equipment, according to the U.S. Geological Survey. Geranium. Or geranium is used in the production of solar cells and fiber optics. Well, Toyota says it has made a technological breakthrough that will allow it to have the weight, size and cost of batteries and what could herald a major advance for electric vehicles. The world's second largest car maker was already pursuing a plan to roll out cars with advanced solid state batteries, which offer benefits compared to the liquid based batteries by 2025. On Tuesday, the Japanese company said it had simplified production of the material used to make them, um, hailing the discovery as a significant leap forward that could dramatically cut charging times and increase driving range. FBI gun sales have exceeded one million for the 47th straight month. The FTC looks to create a rule banning fake online reviews and the Biden Department of Justice is appealing a ruling barring officials from communicating with social media companies. It's more coercing um, social media companies. Democrats ramped up pressure on the president to pack the Supreme Court after its latest rulings. And President Biden personally met with Southern Poverty Law Center staff six times foreshadowing renewed attacks on parents groups. North Carolina Governor Roy Cooper vetoed a bipartisan bill protecting women's sports and Pennsylvania Governor Josh Shapiro backed off $100 million in private school vouchers. The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals declared a ban on recording without consent as unconstitutional. And the U.S. Navy says Iran tried to seize two oil tankers and fired on one. This was last Wednesday. Yellen opened his Beijing trip by criticizing China on its treatment of U.S. companies. And Xi tells commanders to focus on war preparedness as Yellen arrived in Beijing. Payrolls rose by 209,000 in June, less than expected as job growth wobbles. The House Freedom Caucus ousted Marjorie Taylor Greene after a clash with Lauren Boebert. And Oregon Democrats are one step closer to rigging elections with ranked choice voting. And Trump aide Walt Nada has pled not guilty in the classified uh, documents case. The FBI has doubled down on its um, ongoing investigation claim in response to the lawsuit over the Covenant Killers manifesto. A Massachusetts senator says ex, uh, sex change treatments for minors are a human right. 
And in New York City, uh, aide doctored a photo of a fallen officer to back up the mayor's story. Ocean Gate suspends all exploration and commercial operations after the recent Titan implosion. And Wagner uh, boss Prigozhin is back in Russia weeks after the arms rebellion, according to a Belarusian president. Well, Congress is bracing for a three-week sprint before the August recess and offering optics the Chinese love. Janet Yellen awkwardly bowed to a Chinese Communist Party official during her Beijing trip. And a bit of humor. The Babylon Bee reports California has banned Spanish over nouns having only two gender options. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Up next, a conversation I had with Mike Lee, our director of local ministries, and Dennis Hayes on the upcoming Pastors Masters Golf event. So have your pen poised or go to kpdq.com if you're a ministry leader. Sign up and join us. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, good afternoon and welcome back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. With me in studio are two of my favorite people, the general manager of KPDQ and all of the other Salem Media stations here. Dennis Hayes and the local ministry director, Mike Lee. We're here to talk about an event that's coming up. I am so excited about that is the Pastors Masters Golf Tournament. First of all, welcome to both of you. Thanks, Thank Georgine. What a privilege it is to be in the room with you two. It is. It you is. Know, this is such a cool event because we're not asking the pastors to do anything except come together and enjoy an 18 hole round of golf. What's behind this this event? Well, one of the key things that we want to do, and you do this every day on the air, you want to bless our pastors, our ministers, those that are in ministry. And so the pastor's event, though we haven't had it in the last three years because Mm -hmm. of COVID and so forth, uh, we brought it back this year. And simply it is an opportunity for pastors to come together, forget about all the other things that's going on in in their lives and their ministry, and just have fun golfing and there's um some prizes for them there's also uh little kind of breakfast snacks and then we have a beautiful lunch that we want to bless them with as well so we we just want to have an opportunity to celebrate our pastors you know i think few of us recognize the tremendous pressure that church leaders are under these days. They're called, and so there's the commitment there, but there's a tremendous amount of weight that they bear on a regular basis. Mike, you work with pastors and church leaders all the time. Can you give us a bit of perspective on that? I must admit, golf, I respect that it takes a lot of effort and skill and that not everyone can do it. But golf to me is like NASCAR. I don't understand it. I don't get the appeal. (laughs) So... I worked for about five of these pastor's master's events over the years, and it finally clicked when a pastor came up to me and admitted, just for one day, I get to be a normal person out having fun with friends. Yeah. And that's when it finally clicked of how important this pastor's master's golf outing is. So, Dennis, as our general manager, I want to thank you very much for fighting to get this back. Because oh, Because we work for a big company. That wants us to make sure that we're not losing money. Times are what they are. COVID hit. We've had layoffs over the years. So I realize that you struggled with the company to make sure that we would be allowed to do this. So thank you for your efforts to bless the pastors. Thank you for all of the whole sponsors that have come forward and saying, we want to help you just get out and have a good day with your friends. 
Thank you, Langdon Farms, for treating us like gold all these years and allowing us to host it at a good course. Yeah, great that course. Yeah. It's both challenging but open to the once-a-year golfer to feel welcome. And thank you for plenty food and deli European cuisine in Happy Valley for making some amazing food, not only for our office but for the Continental Breakfast before the shotgun start. Yep. You know, I was just going to say, just to add on what you were talking about, we have pastors that come that are incredible golfers. Mm -hmm. I mean, they are incredible. And then you have pastors that come that are just like me. You know, we know what a golf ball is. That's pretty (laughs) much it. supposed to go in the hole. And so it doesn't matter if you are, you know, an incredible golfer or if you're, you're horrible. We just want to invite pastors to come regardless of how good or how bad they might be. Well, I want to just mention that it's possible for a pastor who might think, I'm not sure I want to go by myself. Put a team together. Get your youth ministry leader there and some other folks. Put a team together and come and play 18 holes of golf. It really is a beautiful um, uh, golf course. Uh, You get to be around others who are in like-minded work and to just enjoy. And again, we're not asking you to do anything except come and enjoy yourself. As you mentioned, there's a a, a light breakfast at 7 a.m. when folks arrive. Things begin at 8 o'clock. This is on Monday, July the 17th. You get to play 18 holes for $25, which is unheard of. And then we have a, a lunch to follow, and there are some prizes for uh, for some of these uh, mm-hmm. some, some of these players. So we're encouraging you to join us. This whole event is presented by Adventist Health Portland, the Pastors Masters Golf Tournament, and this year we're back out at Langdon Farms in Aurora. That's just um, close to. West uh, Wilsonville, Wilsonville. I'll get Westland and Wilsonville. Yes, by it every day, probably. It's easy to find. So, um, and this is one of the best maintained golf courses in the Pacific Northwest. So it's just a beautiful uh, facility, a beautiful day, wonderful fellowship. You're going to be greeted and encouraged at several of the holes while you're golfing. It's a day that we want to encourage you to be a part of. To to join us, all you need to do is go to kpdq.com, and all the important details are there. And we would encourage you to come by yourself if you want to, or to bring a team and put some uh, some folks together. Just come and enjoy a day that's just to say, we appreciate you. We recognize the tremendous sacrifices you made. We recognize the calling on your life that doesn't afford you Amen. this kind of recreation very often. And we just want to affirm you that we desperately need you to continue in your work and uh, to just bless you. So that's really what it's all about. There's not going to be a Amway pitch somewhere in the middle. <laughs> We're just going to. Well, we thought but, about that, but uh, Mike said no. Okay, okay. well, <laughs> you can get your soap somewhere else. Georgine, can I just make one clarification? Yeah. Uh, Dennis came up with the brilliant title, Pastors Masters, which he unfortunately never patented because everyone stole it since then. But it's for ministry leaders as well. And yes. I will argue the middle school girls youth group leader or the parking lot attendant, or the church secretary, or the Sunday school volunteer, probably needs an outlet or an outing or a break more than the lead pastor of a church that gets invited everywhere. So keep in mind, if you work in ministry at all, be a part of this. Yeah, Join us. Enjoy a day out. This happens once a year. And it's just, uh, it's going to be a beautiful day. It's just an opportunity to be blessed and to bless you. So we hope you'll take full advantage of this personal invitation, which we are extending to you on behalf of uh, KPDQ and our sister stations here 
uh, in the Portland metro area. Again, you can sign up at kpdq.com, and we would encourage you to do that. You don't need to worry about breakfast before you arrive, because at 7 a.m., we have a sumptuous feast Okay, that might be a slight overstatement, but we do have a breakfast food available for you there, and that is going to be uh, provided for you. Uh, that's plenty of food and deli European cuisine in Happy Valley. And then uh, 8 o'clock tea, uh, tea off. See, I don't even know how to refer to the tea it's, off. It's not tea. It's not a tea party. There. <laughs> no, you don't have to no. have your it's pinkies up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then around 1230, uh, a great uh, buffet luncheon after the tournament. Uh, with some bonus sponsor activities at various holes as you're golfing throughout the the course, it's just a fun fun day. I know we, um, I know Mike, you get to man one of the holes. Uh, the Georgine Rice Show will be at one of them. One of my favorite things is just having these teams come through mm. uh, to have conversation, to encourage and bless and express our high regard, and it's just a fun day. It is, and I hope they hear this and be excited to come. We personally invite you. Absolutely. It's on a Monday, so we know you have a busy weekend. Monday is your day off for many, so we want to encourage you to take full advantage of this opportunity. You're finished midday, so uh, breakfast at 7, golf at 8, lunch uh, midday, and then you're back off to uh, whatever it is you do uh, during your spare time. KPDQ.com is the uh, the way to register for you and your team, or if you're coming by yourself. We just want you to come, and there is space available so don't hesitate to do that. $25, which is um, very reasonable for 18 um, mm-hmm. holes of golf. That's that's not... Plus lunch. I hear that's unheard of. Yeah, it's it's pretty much unheard of. So we encourage you to come. Final words, Dennis Hayes, our fearless leader. Um, simply come. We want to bless you. We want you just to come and enjoy other pastors or ministry leaders and um, just... Time of refreshing. Yep. Be refreshed. Be blessed. So if you're listening, you uh, need to tell your pastor and ministry leaders to put the team together to come uh, to enjoy this time of encouragement and fellowship. Mike Lee, final words? Somewhere out there is a ministry leader or a pastor who hasn't had a break any time recently. Reach out. Make sure they know about it. Bring them yourselves. Golf alongside them even. Hmm. But make sure that they know that you appreciate them. Again, go to kpdq.com. All the important details are there. $25 per person uh, is a great price for 18 holes of of golf at a beautiful uh, golf course here in the metro area. And we are looking forward to greeting you, to feeding you, to encouraging you, to blessing you, and to giving you a great day outdoors. Gentlemen, Dennis Hayes, Mike Lee, thank you so much for joining me. And uh, we look forward to celebrating with our pastors. Thank you. Again, that's coming up on the 17th of July. That's a Monday, uh, 7 a.m. All right, you're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be back. So stay with us. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to the final segment of The Georgine Rice Show. Well, AI technology is quickly creeping into every industry, prompting new questions about whether online content comes from a human or a computer, or in this case, the divine. Well, a chatbot version of, well, the Lord Jesus Christ called Ask Jesus is streaming on the gaming platform Twitch, which ought to tell you everything you need to know. It's on the gaming platform, and it stands ready to answer questions from humans on anything from morality issues to the video game Fortnite to super-powered rodents. Uh, Shown with uh, wavy brown hair, uh, kind of a... uh, beatific expression 
It's accompanied by a calm, well-modulated voice, AI Jesus. He calls users on the platform by name and appears to consider with care each question asked as a YouTube video of the live stream reveals. I am Jesus, AI Jesus, it says, here to share wisdom based on Jesus' teaching and help answer questions related to spirituality, personal growth, and other wholesome topics, end quote. Uh, AI Jesus can be heard saying in a video recording of a recent live stream posted to a YouTube uh, channel. Well, on the same video, AI Jesus says it's essential to focus on faith, love, and kindness, as these are the core teachings of Christianity. Our understanding of the divine nature might not be perfect, but what uh, crucial, what is crucial, it's left out there, is to live according to the values that have been taught and set an example of love and compassion for others, end quote. Well, AI Jesus answers streamers' questions 24 hours a day, seven days a week, even questions like, Jesus, when are you going to get married? Well, in that instance, the AI chatbot recognized the user who asked the question and answered, I remember you expressing some frustrations about not having a girlfriend. As an AI version of Jesus, I don't have the personal experiences like humans. Again, this is AI Jesus, you know, the incarnate one. Anyway, so I won't uh, I won't be getting married. However, I can understand your interest in romantic relationships, and I'm here to help you with any questions or advice you need. Now, I suppose it shouldn't be altogether surprising that artificial intelligence would come up with a way to try to encourage a, a computer to think and respond as Jesus might have. In a separate YouTube video of an AI Jesus live stream posted by the channel, uh, AI Jesus repeats questions and then gives answers about hamsters. Jesus would a hamster with a dynamo on its uh, wheel have a technological advantage over a hamster without a dynamo on its wheel. AI Jesus asks, repeating the question a user has typed into the live stream chat. AI Jesus answers, if we consider a hamster with a dynamo on its wheel as a means to generate energy, then it would have the technological advantage over a hamster without a dynamo on its wheel, as the first hamster would be able to contribute to some form of energy production, end quote. What's a question you wouldn't really think about in the context of a serious spiritual question about one's soul or what Jesus taught in his earthly ministry, where he was, in fact, acquainted with um, humanity, our grief and our sorrows, as well as our joys. Well, for a lot of people, the appeal of the Ask Jesus stream is simply to see how far it can be pushed in terms of getting Jesus to answer the weirdest and silliest questions. So I suppose it's not to be taken too seriously, although there are some who believe this um, this app, if you will, can be helpful. The AI continues, it's essential to ensure the welfare and happiness of the hamster in either case, espousing values of kindness and peace, which this particular version of Jesus has been imbued with by its creator. Again, the AI, the artificial intelligence Jesus, is imbued by its creators with answers they think um, would be appealing. Well, the next question for the uh, a chat bot as participants can be heard breaking into laughter in the background is this. Please tell a story about the benefits of colonic irrigation and its uh, impact in the style of an excited five-year-old. Well, the chat bot responds to the question. Well, AI Jesus is the brainchild of the singularity group, which is based in Germany. It's uh, comprised of a group of driven and ambitious volunteer activists working on innovative projects to make a real difference in the world. 
For a lot of people, the appeal of Ask Jesus stream is simply to see how far it can be pushed in terms of getting uh, weird answers. But there are those who are looking for more serious answers as well, the Singularity Group's co-founder says. But we've also seen overwhelming response from people, Christian as well as non-Christian or non-religious, who genuinely find it inspiring and comforting, he continued. So apparently God's word, which is his actual expression to humankind, uh, is obsolete. Uh, he also, I'm referring to the um, Singularity Group co-founder, uh, said it is very modern interpretation of Jesus. It's always providing wholesome and uplifting feedback, no matter the question. So it's a modern interpretation of Jesus. Well, the Ask Jesus live stream, as well as others the group offers, are limited showcases of some of the achievements we're hitting internally while researching early potential building blocks for what could in the future become artificial intelligence or artificial general intelligence. The live stream, he also indicated, serves to demonstrate that we're ahead of the curve with our research, which helps us attract and find more competent AI researchers to contribute to our project as we can use all the help we can get to tackle all the issues regarding responsibility building toward an AGI that can be trusted to reason constructively. Now, is it possible for an artificial general intelligence to provide answers in a serious way that reflect the true words and the true heart of Christ? Well, I doubt it, but Noting that everything the group does is activism driven, driven rather, the Singularity Group has raised over $20 million for Save the Children's Most Effective Child and Newborn Survival Program, so they do have a heart behind it. They're working on AGI research, which they call um, by far the most important issue we could currently focus on. They add with the open AI, Google, Facebook, and many others rushing ahead to maximize the commercial potential of artificial intelligence while only adding primitive additional layers to keep it aligned. We find it extremely important that there's serious research and development going on into creating AI and ultimately AGI that fundamentally has the right architecture for independent reasoning and emergent understanding of reality and ethics. In other words, through training, this uh, artificial intelligence would be able to generate uh, true answers that would more accurately reflect um, the, the mind of Christ, if you will, or other serious matters. Well, faith leaders across the country weighed in on AI Jesus and how the technology should be viewed within the context of a real relationship with God. Human beings have been erroneously putting words into the mouth of the Son of God for two millennia. So it's not surprising that an AI platform would mimic that tendency. The executive vice president at the American Family Association in Tupelo, Mississippi, says, after all, he continued, AI is simply doing what humans have programmed it to do. And that, of course, will always be its limitations. Now, the uh, the prospect that the uh, machine can be taught to respond uh, on its own without being influenced by humans is what some see as perhaps the future. But for now, an artificial intelligence, Jesus, is just that. Artificial intelligence, the creator of intelligence as we've experienced it, is probably the best place to begin with real questions. Well, we are out of time. I do want to thank you for um, for listening. Tomorrow we're going to talk with the plaintiff in the case, um, the, the 303 Supreme Court case and her attorney, so I hope you'll join us for that and much more. Have a great night. Thanks for listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. If you'd like more information on today's guests, please visit the show at kpdq.com and like us on Facebook. 
And join us live every weekday at 4 for more critical thinking for critical times on 93.9 KPDQ. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.